Well, good morning. morning. I had to do that. (laughs) Good morning. Thank you for uh, in advance for your graciousness. So, all right. So I am going to be sharing about mercy, grace, and love. So you get to practice being gracious right from the start um, with me, offering me grace. You get it, right? Okay. All right. All right. So before I get started, I have to say, I'm not a preacher. I'm not even a teacher. Okay. So I'm just a a fill in, but I am a storyteller. So you've seen me tell like little stories from time to time as part of Joe's sermons. Um, And I believe that our stories can be really powerful testimonies. Um, of God working in our lives. So today I'm going to be talking about mercy, grace, and love and sharing some stories with you. All right, this is my first time using this thing, so look at that, all right. All right, so um, Christianity Today, um, Christianity.com says these two things about mercy, grace, and love. Um, That mercy and grace are two sides of a coin and the coin is love. I love that analogy of of the coin being love. Um, And grace is most needed and best understood in the midst of sin, suffering, and brokenness. We live in a world of earning and deserving and merit, and these result in judgment. Um, And that is why everyone wants and needs grace. So as type A personality, I definitely related to that. All right. Um, So mercy, grace, and love, we desperately need it, and we desperately need to offer it to others. So how can we begin to receive it so that we can give it? You know the saying, we can't pour from an empty cup. Um, And so we need to to realize that the same thing goes for mercy, grace, and love. Um, Mercy is God's loving response to sinners, and mercy is our loving response to others and to ourselves in circumstances of need. And that's by Matthew Schmaltz. All right, so let's let's start with accepting grace and mercy from the one true giver of grace. First, we we need to realize that we need God's grace and mercy. Um, Romans 12, uh, I'm sorry, Romans 3, 23 says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And on a basic level, we all know that that we need grace. Um, We all know that God gave us grace um, and love providing his one and only son, right? Everybody knows John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that we may not perish but have everlasting life. Um, So that's first and foremost, right? No other story I can tell you uh, today or any time in the future can can beat that story of love. Um, But I'm still going to share some other stories um, about God's goodness and grace and mercy in my life. Um, so I'm going to start by saying that a lot of times these stories that, uh, that are testimonies of God's goodness start in the ashes um, and um, their, story of redemp- their stories of redemption um, when we're going through something difficult, um, something so hard that we can't imagine anything good coming from it, um, but we persevere and one day uh, we hope to see God's ultimate plan and goodness in that. Um, So in 2012, I accepted a job offer for a position that was closer to home. I was previously commuting two hours a day um, to Maryland for a job, and I was excited about this new opportunity that was 10 minutes from my house, um, saving me a lot of time. Um, The job description suited me. I felt well qualified and capable to do the job, um, and I accepted the position and started in in that new job. 
By the end of the first week, I felt like it wasn't going quite well. Um, I kept describing um, the way that I felt as, as being a, a square peg in a round hole. I just didn't, just couldn't put my finger on it, but I just didn't mesh. Um, I wasn't sure if it was them or if it was me. Um, I didn't quite know. Um, but as the days rolled into weeks, I started experiencing some troubling things in that position. Um, I won't go into detail because it doesn't really matter in the end. Um, but I was faced with accusations um, against my skills, my work ethic, and even my character. I tried to stand up for myself, um, and that only made it worse. And uh, so I prayed for God to rescue me from the job. Friends and family told me, just quit, just get out of there. Um, but in my prayers, I heard God telling me to trust him. Um, and over and over again, just trust me, trust, trust the process, trust me, trust me. Um, and so day after day, I went in and sort of um, put a smile on my face and did the best that I could in, in the job that I had. Um, and, you know, just sort of tried to, to offer the best to that, to that company. Um, on April 8th, I was released from that position. Um, I didn't quit. I got fired. Straight up fired. Talk about humbling experience. <laughs> I had never been fired before, um, but in some ways I was relieved um, because the decision was finally made for me. I, I, was, I, I was released. I sort of envisioned myself as a caged bird um, and being fired was actually the door opening and me being able to escape. Um, so we, we like to say that I was released from the position, but I, I was fired. Um, <laughs> But because I didn't quit, I was eligible for unemployment, which was great. Um, they even offered me severance. Uh, they said they weren't going to contest unemployment. They gave me severance. They basically said, just get out. Um, and I was like, wow, OK. Um, so Tommy and Josh were uh, about five and nine at that time. Um, super fun, exhausting ages um, in some ways. But looking back on it, I realized how merciful and gracious God was in that situation. He released me, he made the decision for me. I trusted him and, and he came through um, in, in releasing me from that and giving me severance and unemployment and, and the tangible things that made our budget work and, and all those good things. Um, and he, he continued to provide for us through, through the job search process. Um, I had a summer at home with the boys. I have never had that before. Um, as, a, as a working mom, I had never had a summer off and the timing was tremendously, such a tremendous blessing. Um, in fact, the boys and I actually call it the summer of a lifetime. Um, that They remember it because they were old enough. Uh, we did a lot of fun, free things. Um, and it was, yeah, I made a whole like scrapbook about it and everything. Um, and that was our summer of a lifetime. And it, it ended up being such a blessing coming out of that really trying situation. Um, long story made short, uh, I ended up receiving an offer for another job um, at Hope International, which is where I am now. I've been there for over eight years. Uh, in fact, fun tidbit, my job at Hope indirectly led us here. That's a story for another time. But um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of God working in the whole situation that all these threads of connections and um, really, really good stuff. Um, if you ever want to hear the story, I can tell you another time. Or maybe, you know, the next time Joe's off, I can share it then. <laughs> um, 
So the way that I've seen God just sort of give me undeserved blessings um, through the people at Hope International, through my work, um, they've blessed my family, um, and they've provided in ways that I couldn't even imagine. Um, and I, I just know that it was my obedience to God and trusting him in it that, that he blessed me through that. Um, so uh, Ephesians 3.20 says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. And I think in that case, he did immeasurably more than I could have asked or imagined in that situation. Um, so God overflowed my cup with mercy, grace, and, and love in that situation. Um, like I said, we can't pour from an empty cup. Um, and uh, I like to see God's goodness and graciousness in, in everything from a delicious, amazing cup of coffee to um, a warm, fluffy bed. Um, I just like to be able to see his goodness and, and his provision and his love in all of those things. Um, Matthew 5, 7 says, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. The definition of mercy is compassionate treatment, having a capacity to forgive or show kindness. So let's think about, let's think about who we can give mercy to. Um, our family, our spouses, our children. There's lots of opportunity there. Um, life is, is a bit like weather. You never know what you're going to get any, any given day. Um, you wake up thinking one thing and uh, sometimes grumpiness or whatever uh, sort of comes into play and, and you have to adapt. Um, we're all imperfect humans and there's bound to be some storms. Joe and I are coming up on 22 years of marriage. Uh, this, this May will be 22 years and I'm still learning to understand him. Um, and he's still learning to understand me after 22 years and we were together for like Oh gosh, five years before we got married. So that's a long time, but we're still learning to understand each other. Um, and we have to offer each other a lot of grace, um, just in daily interactions, even comments and things like that. Um, so here's a story. I don't think we've shared it before. Um, Joe said that we didn't, and he, he read through everything. He vetted it. So, you know, there's a lot of stories about Joe in here, but don't worry, he already... <laughs> He read all this beforehand. Um, so it was around Memorial Day 2015, and I needed a haircut. Joe had been cutting the boys' hair for years. And, you know, working at a nonprofit, I like the idea of it being free. I thought a fun pixie cut with spiky hair would be great for the summer. Um, and so Joe agreed to cut my hair. So we've got the before picture, right? It was much shorter than it is now, but. We've got the almost ready to cut the hair picture outside on the deck. This is a glimpse into what happened. Okay. Um, all right. Well, we don't need to look at that anymore. Um, so after he cut my hair, it was, you know, spiky. It was feeling sure. I kind of ran my fingers through it. And I was like, yeah, this is, I think this is what I want. I was going to dye it blonde, you know, and just, just go for it. Right. Just liberating. Um, but as I was running my fingers through my hair, um, I, I felt some longer pieces in the back. And he started putting the clippers away because he figured, hey, I was, I'm done. It's good. Um, and so I was like, oh, well, there's a couple long pieces here. And so he, you know, went to cut them off. He didn't put the guard on the clippers. 
Do you know how short your hair gets if somebody cuts your hair with clippers without a guard on? That short. That short. And it was already short, so when he shaved the Utah-shaped patch in the back of my head, there was not enough hair at that point to cover it. So the only option was to take it all off. So I had two options on how to respond. Um, we both looked at each other. We started to laugh and cry and laugh and cry and didn't quite know what to do. He's like, I'll pay for you to go anywhere to fix it. I'm like, how am I gonna fix it? I'm not one of those dolls that you can pull the hair out and it just like extends, you know, like just take it all off, you know? Um, and we were both laughing and crying and I mean, it was, it, in the end, it, it was a really funny story, but it became a great story of grace. You know, it, what else are you gonna do in that situation? I mean, it could be one of those stories that's really taboo that we don't talk about, um, but we were able to, to offer each other grace. I was, I think, maybe offering him a little bit more grace in that situation. I don't think he really, I didn't do anything wrong. I just sat there, right? But um, <laughs> anyway, and, and it became a, a great story of just being gracious with each other. My goodness. I mean, <laughs> accidentally shaving your spouse's head is pretty big. Um, and I even let him try again next summer. So here's the before. There's the after. Short and spiky and blonde, exactly what I wanted. So I did let him redeem himself and, and he was able to, to do what I wanted um, the next year. So um, God's mercy to us is, is the motivation for showing mercy to others. Um, yeah, I lost my place, sorry. Remember that you will never be asked to forgive someone else more than God has forgiven you. I loved that. Let me read it again all together since I messed up. God's mercy to us is the motivation for showing mercy to others. Remember, you will never be asked to forgive someone else more than God has forgiven you. And I thought that that was just such a great quote from Rick Warren. Um, yeah, we're, we're, all, we're all imperfect human beings and um, God has forgiven us of so much more than an accidental haircut. <laughs> Um, all right, so what about accepting grace from others, right? So I talked about giving Joe grace with the haircut. What about when I need grace? Um, and so sometimes we just have to accept that grace from other people when we ourselves mess up. So a story that comes up uh, a good bit in our marriage, um, not in a negative way, but just as a story of we just have to work together and learn each other and, and realize that we're different people. Um, and so this is a story where Joe was able to offer me grace and mercy. Um, so our, let me see the slide. Oh, there we go. Our son was, uh, our son Tommy was about six. So he's our older boy. Um, he was about six. Um, and we, and we bought him his first bike for his birthday. And we were really excited about it. At the time, Joe was traveling a good bit. Um, and so he was out of town for work. Um, and I knew assembling this bike was just, you know, one more thing on his to-do list. And so it was weighing on him. He knew he had to get back from his trip, get it assembled before his birthday. It was just, I could sense that it was just one more thing. Um, and so I decided to do something nice. 
I had a male friend of ours come over and assemble the bike. And I was so pleased with myself. I see some people sort of smirking about this because I think they get what happened. Um, so Joe got home. I took him down to the basement. I was like, the bike is assembled. You don't have to do it. He's like, did you do it? It's like, no, I had so-and-so do it. I was so excited, and his entire face dropped in sadness. And I had no idea why. Like, I did this great thing. You don't have to do it, you know? And he was feeling a lot of emotion. I was feeling confused because I was so excited to show him this thing that I had had done for him. Um, and I couldn't understand why he wasn't as excited as I was. And so it was just a moment of like, what just happened here? And he later told me that um, it hurt his feelings because it was our son's first bike and he wanted to assemble it. And he wanted to be the one to put it together and then see his son riding this bike that he had put together. Never occurred to me, ever. Not even in my wildest dreams did I think that that was something that he would want to do and had such powerful emotion attached to it. I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm still learning how to interact um, with, with him and he's learning me. But he offered me grace and forgiveness, but I had to be willing to accept that and realize that I didn't do it maliciously. You know, I thought I was doing a really amazing thing and he knew in his, in his gut that I didn't mean to make him upset in any way, but it was one of those moments where we really had to just be gracious with each other. Um, and it's, it, you know, that was just an everyday kind of thing. Um, and we still have the opportunity to be gracious with each other. You know, sometimes he's a little grumpy. I don't know if you know this about him, but sometimes he's a little grumpy. Sometimes I'm a little grumpy. Uh, sometimes our, our teenage boys are less than pleasant at times. Um, and so even in the little things like that, the person that's driving so slow in front of you on the road or walking really slow at the food store, that's my big thing. I have to remind myself to be gracious with them. Um, they're not doing it on purpose. They're not trying to make me upset, right? Um, and so I have, to, I have to practice mercy, grace, and love with them. Um, and so there was some, so I was taking a walk on Friday afternoon after, uh, after work, and God placed something on, on my mind that I, I sort of added to my message here that I wanted to share with you. So uh, Joe and Josh had left for their trip. As you know, they're out of town. Um, and they left on Friday uh, midday. Tommy was about to leave too. He's also out of town. Um, and it dawned on me that I had not been alone, like alone without a kid or a spouse around for, for any sort of length of time for like 21 years. I've never been, I've never lived alone. I, you know, Joe had taken these trips before we had kids. So there were, you know, fleeting moments, but um, I went right from my parents' house to, to married life, and um, I was entirely alone for 48 hours plus. And I was, actually started feeling a little lonely for the first time ever. And I'm an introvert. I like to be alone. But the, the realization that I had no, no family like in the state of Pennsylvania, um, 
I started to feel a little sad and a little lonely. And so then I started thinking about how there are people every day around us that experience that kind of loneliness. And it, it made me realize that I had never experienced that. And it gave me a greater appreciation for people who don't have anybody and the loneliness that they feel. And it kind of broke my heart for lonely people. But God also gave me the eyes to realize in that moment that I, while that gives me greater compassion for lonely people, I don't always have to, in every situation, understand what somebody is going through in order to offer them grace and mercy and love. Um, and so it was sort of just a ball of emotions. Um, and I just felt like God putting it on my heart that I should share that story. And, and as it relates to not always having to experience what somebody else is going through to be able to offer them um, grace and, and love. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm, I lost my place. That's great. Um, <laughs> wow, I like did two pages without actually reading it. That's pretty impressive. God really wanted me to share that. Um, so anyway, I, I started looking through uh, interactions with family and friends through the lens of intention. Um, and like I shared with the story of the bike and the haircut, like Joe didn't intend to hurt me. He didn't intend to hurt my feelings by shaving my head off. I didn't intend to hurt his feelings by assembling the bike. It was truly just a, a mismatch in understanding. Um, and we didn't intend to hurt each other, but we still needed the opportunity to practice mercy, grace, and love. But there are times when people do intend to hurt us. And that's the time that we really need God's help to offer that mercy and grace and love. That's, that's the really hard stuff, right? Like the slow person on the road, an oops haircut, you know, assembling a bike, those were big things in the moment, but, but sometimes it's really hard to think about offering somebody mercy or love or grace when we know that they intended to hurt us. That's a whole different level of, of stuff to work through. Um, and I want to be clear that sharing mercy, or sh I'm sorry, showing mercy and grace and love to somebody does not require you to condone a wrong or minimize the pain that you felt, but it does mean being able to let go and forgive. But you're not saying that what, what the person did was right. Um, and I think there's a really important distinction there, uh, especially when it comes to hurts that are intentional that happen to us. Um, many of you may remember the Amish school shooting um, in Lancaster in 2006. Um, the way those families offered mercy and forgiveness was mind-blowing. I still think back to it, the way that they handled that situation. Jonas Byler, the founder of the Family Resource and Counseling Center, shares some quotes about the tragedy and the community's response. He says, tragedy changes you. You can't stay the same. Where that lands you, you don't always know. But what I found out in my own experience, if you bring what little pieces you have left to God, he somehow helps you make good out of it. And I see that happening in this school shooting as well. One just simple thing that the whole world got to see was this simple message of forgiveness. Byler says that because the Amish can express that forgiveness, they are able to hold no grudges, 
they are better able to concentrate on the work of their own healing. And if you don't, aren't familiar with that story, it is an amazing story of mercy and grace and love and forgiveness. And I encourage you to, to learn more about it. Um, but the Amish came together. They actually attended the funeral of um, the, the shooter and offered their, his family members mercy, grace, and love in that raw moment. Um, so Matthew 22 says, it's really small. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? You know this one. <laughs> Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So as I said at the beginning, mercy and grace are two sides of a coin, and the coin is love. And so that, that's what God put on my heart. Joe told me that this was going to take half an hour. I don't think it did. Um, but I, I do appreciate you letting me share this morning. Um, and I pray that, you know, God was able to speak through me to you all um, and just appreciate your graciousness. Um, so I'm going to pray to, to wrap us up and then the worship team will come up and close us. Dear Graciously Heavenly Father, thank you for the ways that you have showed us grace and love. Please show us ways to extend that grace to others throughout the upcoming week and throughout our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.